Yeah. 
spend a few minutes this morning talking about the Barabbas Dilemma. The Barabbas Dilemma. Today is a day of transition. As we move into Holy Week, today is the first day of Holy Week. For the last 40 days, we have soberly considered all that Jesus' salvation entails. His sacrifice and the imprint that he desired to leave upon those who would come after him. But as we transition today into Holy Week, we wish to fix our focus on the events leading up to Calvary. Today is Palm Sunday, and traditionally we look at Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We talk about the crowds hailing Jesus with cries of Hosanna to the son of David. But certainly we know that the jubilation of that day was short-lived. By Friday, there was a different tone altogether. And that's instructive for us because it teaches us that Palm Sunday moments don't last very long. This is a Good Friday world. This is a world filled with deep disappointment and depression. This is a world of violence and betrayal and agony. And that's why Jesus is so important to me. I'm not equipped to handle the harshness of this world on my own. And neither are you. I need help to handle this Good Friday world. And so do you. And my help comes from the Lord. Worldly systems converged to doom Jesus to death. Corrupt religious systems represented by the Sanhedrin Council became complicit with government systems represented by Roman imperialism. Even internal social systems came into play. Judas betrayed Jesus, and Peter denied Jesus, and the other disciples abandoned Jesus at the time that he could have most appreciated their support. And it reminds us that the true worship of God can never be achieved through a system at their root. Systems are made by human beings, and anything made by human beings is capable of being corrupted and manipulated by human beings. Right now, systems are being manipulated and corrupted in favor of the powerful. Even in this time of pandemic, the poor and the marginalized are being exploited. I tire of seeing rich folk 
come on my television spouting nonsense saying we're all in this together. We all know that nothing about their lives will change because they missed a paycheck as unemployment skyrockets. Nothing about the lives of corporate CEOs will change because they'll have a job waiting for them no matter how long this pandemic lasts. Our president can't offer helpful information because his fragile ego has to be stroked at every turn. Promises of dollars to sustain businesses and individuals come with strings attached that will make it difficult for the most vulnerable to receive the assistance that they need. Systems are designed to maintain the status quo. Systems are designed to keep the rich and the powerful rich and powerful. I have no confidence in systems but I have every confidence in Jesus. Even in dying, he was turning world systems upside down. Even in dying, he was helping us overcome our dilemmas. Our text focuses on the mob that cried for Jesus' death and Barabbas' release. In the course of his deliberations with the bloodthirsty mob, Governor Pilate offered the people a choice. He felt confident that despite the obvious hatred the people had for Jesus, they would choose to set Jesus free and sentence Barabbas to death. But when given the choice, the people cried out, give us Barabbas. Barabbas literally meant son of the father. He had been arrested by Roman authorities for insurrection and murder. Most scholars assume that Barabbas was a zealot, a member of a radical group that was given to terrorist activity in order to remove Roman occupation in Israel. But not only had Barabbas terrorized Roman officials, he had been a tyrant toward his own people. He had been captured and he had been sentenced to die. But when Barabbas crossed paths with Jesus, his life was changed. For when given a choice, the people cried, give us Barabbas. And Jesus died in his place. My brothers and sisters, what Jesus did for Barabbas, he also did for us. He died in our Place. He became our substitute. Everything that happened to him should have happened to us. Everything that we should have suffered, he suffered for us. Jesus not only went through hell for us, but the scripture says he went to hell for us. Peter says that when he died, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. And I'm glad that Jesus is my substitute. 
I'm glad that he was wounded for my transgression and bruised for my iniquity. But that being said, the focus of our message is really not on Barabbas, but on the decision of the people to release Barabbas. John says that when given the choice, the people said, free Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Free the murderer and crucify the one who can raise the dead. Free the terrorist and crucify the one who takes our griefs away. Free the robber and crucify the one who came to give us peace that surpasses understanding. Free the tyrant and crucify the one who came to usher in spiritual liberty. Free the one who inflicts pain and crucify the one who heals us from our hurt. The decision to free Barabbas and crucify Jesus was made by people who stood in Pilate's courtyard. But that same decision is being made over and over again each day. We call it the Barabbas dilemma. It involves our preference to unleash into our lives the very things that serve to kill us rather than embrace the one who came to save us. Time and time again, this is what we do. And when we do this, the consequences can be devastating. Who were these people? Who made up this crowd? First thing I want you to see is that they were religious people. It was temple gods that arrested Jesus in Gethsemane. It was the Sanhedrin that insisted on his death. It was the supposed keepers of the law that broke the very law they worshiped by holding court in the darkness of night. It was the chief priest that led the procession to Pilate and made the accusations against Jesus. It was the religious leaders who ran through the crowd and worked them up to cry out, give us Barabbas. What a terrible account of God's people. And yet, today, it's still religious folk who are choosing Barabbas over Jesus. Paul wasn't just speaking about Israel when he said they have a zeal for God, but it's not based on knowledge. He was also talking about the 21st century church. Too often, religious people are more committed to process than they are to people. Jesus was a religious man, but he wasn't a process man. I heard him say that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That means that the needs of people must take precedence over the processes we have put into place. But like these Sanhedrin leaders, many religious people today fall back on their processes as a defense to overlook the needs of people. Many who claim they love Jesus are trying to snatch the bread right off the tables of hungry folk. 
Many who claim they love Jesus support the denial of health care facilities in those places where sickness abounds. Many who claim to worship a God of hope are the ones who plant seeds of discord and despair. Many who claim they worship a God of power are the first ones to look at a challenge and say, we can't do anything about it. The real enemy of the cause of Christ is in the heart of every believer who chooses to free Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And then not only were these religious people, but they were spiritually weak people. These people were easily led astray by the temptation of Satan. As, as we said, today is Palm Sunday. And on this day, much of this same crowd had hailed Jesus as God's promised Messiah. They lined the streets. They dropped palm branches before him. They worshipped him. But just a few days later, these same people were so deceived by the agents of Satan that they cried with one voice, free Barabbas and crucify Jesus. My brothers and sisters, the greatest victory that Satan can gain is over the people of Christ. Satan can't defeat Jesus, but he will come after us. And when Satan gets us, our witness is made weaker. When Satan gets us, our testimony becomes suspect. When Satan gets us to say free Barabbas and crucify Jesus, it harms the body of Christ. We have to be stronger than that. We have to be able to stand on Jesus no matter what's going on around us. Paul said, when you've done everything to stand and it seems like you're losing your ground, stand anyhow. These were religious folk. These were spiritually weak folk. But the final thing that we want you to see about this scene is that these people were unwitting participants in accomplishing God's will. In demanding of Pilate that he free Barabbas and crucify Jesus, the crowd thought they were having their way. But in reality, God was having his way. The crowd got what they wanted, but more important, by the providence of God, they also got what they needed. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed atonement. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed reconciliation. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed healing. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed restoration. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed mercy. They wanted Barabbas, but they needed grace. And God worked it out in such a way that the crowd got what they wanted, but they also got what they needed. As I close today, I, I want you to know that you can't stop God's will. The best thing about the Barabbas dilemma is that God will have his way, even as he lets you have your way. You can cry for what you want, but my God will give you 
what you need. I have my own testimony. I needed a heart fixer. I needed a burden bearer. I needed a mind regulator. I needed a way maker. I needed a leaning post. I needed a bridge over troubled water. But so many times I went to God and told him what I wanted. But I'm glad that he gave me what I needed. I'm glad that he gave me a friend who would stick closer than a brother. I'm glad that he gave me the very thing that I needed because if he had not died, I could not live. If he had not died, I could not claim triumph over my enemies. If he had not died, I'd still be lost in my sin. God gave me what I needed. At the cross, I first saw the light at the cross the burden of my heart was rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day Jesus saved me Jesus bought me Jesus ransomed me Jesus delivered me Jesus healed me in the midst of my personal dilemma, Jesus gave me what I needed. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you that in times of dilemma, in times of crisis, in times when we seem lost and we can't find our way, that you will give us what we need. We thank you, dear God, for the gift that is Jesus. We thank you that even when the crowds jeered him, even when they spat upon him, even when they mocked him, as they were doing what they wanted, they were unwitting participants in accomplishing your will. Thank you, dear God, for letting Jesus be our substitute. Thank you for letting him do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And we pray, dear God, that we would draw nearer to him, that we would be affirmed in him, that we would be strengthened in him as he indwells and infills us. Bless this word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. Now, dear God, we ask for strength for the journey. We ask, dear God, for companionship all along the way. Don't leave us nor forsake us. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask it all. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels Sing that all together.
Oh, 